This session of ADHD contains graphic descriptions of violence, gore, or sexual themes. Listener discretion is advised. And as always, we hope you enjoy. Welcome to Adventuring Dimwits and Hyperactive Dragons, aka ADHD and D, an experimental and real play D&D podcast. In today's episode, Jackie, who plays Haskell or Tiefling Rogue, and Carson, who plays Gideon, our paladin, have a short little conversation and then go on a shopping trip. Hope you enjoy. Catch you later. Um, alright, so every time I'm like, I should do the intro in the actual episode recording so I could just like have it, but then every time I'm like, eh, I'll record separately. But like so I mean you guys are okay, so we're set up. It's uh about a week or so after the the swamp meet we'll say and Gideon is working in his he's like renting a space in a forge basically to do some of his own work and he helps out there right yes uh, Gideon has gone to a blacksmith and has asked to use his space either when he's not working or if he has enough space just a part of it Uh, and to pay for it he's offered to take some of the, the blacksmith's load from repairing equipment whether it's adventuring gear or farming equipment or whatever um so he's mixing that in with his his work that he's taken on himself including working on some of the equipment of um the party that we were uh, we were with for the uh the swamp meet as you called it i have magog's longsword that i'm doing some decorative work uh for and i have uh it's thrand isn't it Mm-hmm. I have Thran's entire suit of armor that I'm patching up and refitting after the beating it took out there. Yeah, she could took a good number of hits, so she definitely needed the uh, the touch up. Basically, <laughs> had to hammer out some dents in her chest plate and everything. So Gideon, in typical fashion, has left a note in the room. Um, you know the the mastiff puppy's up there. He's got a, a bowl of water and food, and he's hanging out. And there's some, you know, there's some. Uh, cloth down in the corner for him to do his business if he's got to um got about the puppy it's it's on my character sheet and i have it with like 15 exclamation points so i don't forget to mention it every episode otherwise it's going to be dead so <laughs> i i'm trying i'm going to do my best to remember remember that i've got a massive puppy um, i was about to say i i don't think it'd be dead i think i'd have someone from the rogues guild steal it but then i realized the only one from the rogues guild who really knows about it is um east and she was talking about eating it, so it might be dead. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely a good idea to keep an eye on that puppy. Yeah. Uh, is Gideon still calling it Saivasha, I think is what how he pronounces that? Or has Gideon come up with a different name for it? Yet? No, not not going to call it Saivasha. Uh, might, might keep up that routine, um, specifically when Theron is around. But, <laughs> but we'll, we'll see what comes of that. Um I, I've been brainstorming some names actually since I've sat down, uh, but uh, I want to settle on something I like a little bit more instead of just naming it spur of the moment. So, yeah, that's a good idea. But, all right, left a note. I'm I'm at the forge space I've rented. Okay, um, I'm I'm just gonna leave this up to you two. I'm kind of just gonna mute myself and let you two go at it because Je- uh, Haskell wants to have a conversation with Gideon, and you can you can set the scene and go at it. Okay. <laughs> Oh gosh, okay. Because I I don't think I have much DMing here to do. I mean, like mm-hmm. if you guys want to roll, you can, for insight at random times or whatever. But 
I'm not planning on interrupting this with a random event. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'll leave it up to you guys here. with plot points? <laughs> well, if you guys slip into plot points for the first time in, like, however long, you're yeah. good to do that. <laughs> that is 100% up to you guys, and then I'll jump in. All right, have at it. So, are, are like, are you going to be like looking for Gideon? Do you want me to set the scene of of what it looks like in in the forge? Yeah, yeah. So we'll say that Haskell found your note and is headed to the forge or the blacksmith shop, and uh, walks in, but doesn't like completely walk into the room. Kind of stands at the doorway and just observes. So Gideon's pretty absorbed in his work. Um, he's wearing, he's got his um, shoulder length, uh, pale blonde hair tied up into a bun um, or really more of a top knot on top of his head. And he's got a leather band right, right at his hairline to catch any strays that, uh, that fall. Um, and that actually comes down in a, a mask of, of glass, but it's more like a, I, I mean, this would be up to you. I don't know what the materials are like, but I've imagined something closer to like plexiglass, you know, um, to keep the sparks out of his face. Maybe actually, I guess it makes more sense if it's like a like a leather flap covering the bottom half of his face. But um, he's he's got like just a white what used to be a white long sleeved workman shirt on now stained from work. Uh, and over it, he's got a leather apron and um leather chaps on, on his legs just to protect his, his clothing from the, the sparks and everything. Um, currently, he's seated with magnifying, like, the glasses on that one, one of the lens um, is magnifying out, like, telescoping out to um, look at some fine work on a joint of one of the, um, or one of the joints of the breastplate or the hauberk of the... Um, armor he's working on for Thrand. Shall I continue or uh, I mean he's 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 just working. He's pretty he's absorbed in his work. Okay. Yeah. I mean uh, you can you can you can look around the shop. I guess I'll set the scene a little bit more. You can look around the shop. You can see it's it's in the he's in the middle of a, a pretty good work day. He's got several pieces of equipment and uh other items scattered about across the tables and, and workplaces. Uh you, you can you can tell um from from the floor of the shop that he's been moving around quite a bit and and um mm -hmm. he's certainly enjoying his time but he's not idling it away he's he's in here working mm -hmm. so basically Haskell is kind of leaning on the door frame and their arms are crossed and they're watching Gideon work and uh like you said Orion they're they're definitely getting some temper vibes from him so uh Haskell feels a little bit nostalgic and just kind of is watching kind of like a they feel calm almost like it's nice to just kind of be there and hang out and watch him work um i i have my physical dice if we don't want to create a dice room for this but i could like roll perception to determine who really kind of you oh, know, yeah. <laughs> to see, see yeah, if i notice Haas and and mm -hmm. well what's your passive perception uh, see, I don't, I can't remember if I'm proficient, um, but it's either 14 or 11. I think it's 11. Hmm. No, it's 13. 
13? Okay. I was going to say, I think Haas just naturally is always a little bit stealthier. So mm. I would probably, I mean, I would set like a passive thing at like, I was going to say probably 12 to 15. So I think a 13, you would, it might take you a little bit longer, but you would notice Haas after a while just kind of watching you. Uh, you notice Gideon with a smaller tool in his hand. He's pretty intently staring at a joint and, and tightening something up on one of the leather straps with that tool. Um, and in the middle of this, you kind of notice he stiffens a little bit, but then relaxes again. Uh, his his sixth sense picked up um, Haskell's presence. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just kind of calls over his shoulder without looking up from his work. Are, are you just going to stand in the doorway all day, or do you want to you come on in? Uh, Haskell starts to walk in. Sorry, I uh, I just didn't want to bother you. It seemed like you were in the zone. Yeah. It's one of my favorite um, one of my favorite things about getting back to the work is everything else just kind of melts away. I get that, yeah, for sure. Rascal walks up to the table that Gideon is working at and observes his work and says, you know, it's really beautiful. Uh, Gideon stands up and, and takes his, he's got um, I guess hide gloves on, something that would um, protect him from, you know, the flame, the heat, uh, and, and wipes his hands on a, a nearby towel and um, you know, kind of stretches the arch of his back from having been sitting leaning over the table for so long and says, oh, oh, thank you. Um, I'm finding more and more of, of my purpose and my pride in my work these days. That's really great. It's it's really nice to hear. Is it hiding from us? Um, I don't, I'm not sure it can really be called hiding when, when I leave a note, but uh, I suppose this is where I've been when you and Theron have been running around getting into who knows what kind of misadventures and meeting. Well, I guess I can't really call them misadventures if you're making friends like East. Ah, uh, yeah. I love that little firecracker. Firecracker, indeed. That weapon, it's no joke. I wouldn't like to meet her on the battlefield. Pretty crazy with it, and I got to fire it. Pretty powerful. Oh, yeah? Do you, you like that? Mm, yes. I think I think it was intense, and it was really great to fire, but... You know, I tend to be on the stealthier side, so Theron made a good point that there's really no use for me with something yes, that, like that. <laughs> that sounded like Theron. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, do you, do you have any questions about anything in here? Did you, did you just come to chit-chat? I'm, I'm happy to see you just the same. Haskell scratches their head. Well, um, actually, I was wondering if I could offer any assistance i uh oh i you you have some experience smithing uh, i i do admit i admit have a a bit of a hard time with some of the finer work my hands don't work quite as well as they might have you know 20 years ago and 20 years of not soldiering ago mm-hmm. my father would be embarrassed to see see the state of these hands now well that's all right but uh yeah i could i can help you there my uh I've got pretty fleet fingers. I actually apprenticed back in Loot Pool. Uh, been a bit, but I'm I'm sure I could easily pick it back up. Uh, Gideon perks up whenever they mention that uh, they apprenticed and says, uh, "Oh, you did! I well, 
that's interesting. I, I know most of the artisans in, in Loophole. Do you mind if I ask who you apprenticed under? Yeah. Um, uh, temper? Yay high, real stubborn, house holds their hand up around their shoulders, and then they adjust a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, that's about right. Temper! Uh, Gideon's eyes go, I mean, real wide. He's very excited. Temper, you don't say! He slaps his knee a couple of times. Oh, that old... <laughs> I always hated that we couldn't use him for Commonwealth work, but I I tried to give him as much as much business as I could. I don't I don't know whether he knew it or not, but that man does the finest work in the city, and it was it was just a real shame how everything went down with him in the Commonwealth. So yeah, he was uh he's pretty grumpy old dwarf, right? <laughs> well, uh, a certain aspect of um, her- hermitude hermitage. Uh, I think that's uh, there, there's a, a bit of that in every bit of brilliance that you see out of any any artisan. Um, that's the that's the sacrifice. I think one of the sacrifices artisans make to become real masters of their craft. So um, I always just took his demeanor as as a bit of a badge of honor and 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 a mark of a true craftsman. Pascal nods their head in approval. Well said. Well, I mean, I'm I'm happy to have your help. I've got plenty to do here and. Um, I mean, if you want to throw an apron on and yeah, sure, uh, set about you know fastening some of these straps and and uh, I actually have this blade here I'm working on. I'm inlaying some some uh, gold uh, along the middle of it. If you'd like to set that, um, oh. and and Gideon kind of just goes about showing um, Hoskell all their their projects they've got going. He's got going on right now and um encouraging them to to try their hand at anything new or anything they feel like doing. Mm-hmm. Pascal puts on the apron and pretty much uh, slides in and gets to work helping Gideon. It's like, a, I, I like to imagine it as like, um like a dance almost like, you know, where to, where to be and when to be kind of thing. I think Gideon has an appreciation for Haskell's ability to, um, uh, just the control that they have over their body and probably just goes about his business mm-hmm. uh, like they're not even in the workshop and just trusts that, you know, they're kind of going to be able to move in sync well enough with each other to not be in each other's way. Yeah, for sure. I uh, I, I have to admit, I find myself curious. Um, this is this whole adventure since we encounter one another on, on the boat and everything that's happened since we've been on Vindelin. This this is nothing like I've ever experienced. Um, and if I may be frank, you're like no one I've ever met. Um, I would be curious to hear your your opinion of me. Pascal smiles and doesn't look up, but continues working. And they say, well, I admire you, Gideon. I think, uh, I think what you want to do and what you stand for is really great. And I wish I could be that good. But I feel... I may not have the control that you do. Maybe that's not the right thing, but... <laughs> Gideon is um, um, hammering on Magog's longsword as he speaks, and the hammering, the strikes punctuate his words. Um, hmm. Good control. I've heard these words used in association with me before, but you know... Uh, a different man than who I've been the majority of my, especially military career. Mm. Yes. I think I have nobler intentions now than 
at other stages in my life, I was mostly just following orders. But you may have noticed when we were when we had that encounter in the swamp, I and maybe any time we've gotten into a scrape, there's a side of me that loves the thrill of battle. And for a moment, I'm not I'm not the kind of person who has the restraint not to indulge it because I love it. This this talk of rebuilding of forging bonds stronger than what exists. I mean every bit of that. But do you know what I'm looking forward to just as much as the good I'm going to do? It's the fire and the beatings of the impurities of this world that will leave it better than it was before. That's just as appealing to me as the forging of bonds, the rebuilding to something better. So it's not all good. And frankly, I'm not sure that it needs to be. Hmm. Pascal's been like slowly nodding along as you, you've been talking. Um, this may be a strange thing. May may come out of nowhere. Um, you've probably noticed I, I'm I'm no fool. I know what you and Theron are doing as you're running around. I'm this city. It makes me feel like there are very few innocents here. And so I don't, perhaps that's harsh for me to say that, but whatever you're getting into here, I, I you know, it, it doesn't bother me. But in times where victims may be uh, fewer and fewer to pick between the, the scoundrels of the lots, I would ask that you please do only take from those who, well, deserve to be taken from. Pascal chuckles and, uh, looks at you. You know, I'm not surprised that you would assume I would be taking from those that don't deserve it, but I can assure you that uh at least from where I stand, I've been I've been serving justice of a sorts. I'm I'm not trying to I I don't mean to make anybody's life more difficult. Yours and and Theron's actions, they're your own. There's just a certain level of culpability, uh, I feel, in, in knowing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, for all of our sakes, it's probably better. The less I know about it, the better. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I have, I have a hard time uh, bending the truth. Mm. Oh, we were talking about Issa's gun earlier. I actually have something for you. I've, I've, I've been working on it. The, like I said, the, the fine detail, it um, eludes me sometimes, but uh, I'm actually pretty proud of this. I think it's turned out really well. And Gideon pulls from his uh, apron pouch a, I don't know, 115th, 120th miniature of Issa's rifle and presents it to Haskell as a gift. Uh- <laughs> Haskell's kind of dumbfounded and uh, doesn't take it right away, but kind of like runs their hand along it. Is this for me? Well, yes. And Haskell takes the the gun and uh, like turns it in the air and just kind of looks at it and Gideon, damn. I'm at a loss for words. Um, wow, thank you. It's fun to use the techniques that I learned from my father so many years ago. I, most of my work doesn't uh, produce um, 
items of, of fun and, and um, well, sentiment like this. And, and frankly, it was, it was fun to work on and I'm, I'm happy for you to have it. Pascal uh, smiling and nodding. I also, and uh, he produces from his other apron pouch, a flask with Theron's name engraved on it. <laughs> I also made this because, frankly, I don't know more, much more about, about Theron than, well, that he enjoys his drink. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I thought you actually might be able to uh, help me out with what to put in this thing because, well, I don't think my tastes in Theron's align very often. <laughs> um. Your best bet is the fanciest red wine you could possibly get your hands on. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure he'll love it. I've been thinking since since we've arrived here. There are things that the Commonwealth believes that I don't. Increasingly so after coming to form a party with you and Theron. Hmm. I would like to see things changed there. And that's no small task. It's really actually a momentous one. And I don't even know where to begin. But um, if I could, I would like to have your support in seeing that happen. And I haven't forgotten what it is you're looking for. Um, As a matter of fact, I think I knew you were looking for it before I met you. Um. You may have had some misadventures in some um, places I was familiar with in Loopool, but um, you needn't worry about that. I um, I intend to see you back to your plane if that's where you want to be. Yeah, Skell kind of not slaps, but like pats their hand on Gideon's shoulder and uh, says, you know, honestly, if I can find a way to bring the ones I love here, even if it's just here in Durga, I think I think I'd really love that. So I'll help you in any way I can. We'll bring them to a Aemon that has mm-hmm. Kelstar will be welcoming to them whenever they get here. Um well actually um I was about to finish up working here for the day if you want to um hit the town and find a wine to fill Theron's flask with. Um, I'd appreciate your company and your discerning eye. Yeah, sure. Um, actually, Theron was supposed to meet me here, but uh, knowing him, he's <laughs> probably gotten himself into some sort of trouble, so, yeah, let's go. Well, that is somewhat concerning, but he can take care of himself, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully he'll catch up to us before long. Oh, I don't mean that kind of trouble. I just mean oh, yes, normal of course. trouble. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, so change out of uh, I probably ju- he probably just takes off the um, chaps and the apron and, and has his white you know workman shirt and trousers on and uh, begins to walk towards the market. Does Gideon? Okay. Um, so you so you go into the market. Yeah, I, it's I just was looking for a prompt for us to be in the street so that we could overhear a conversation, which goes along the lines of plot point. Let's see. I'm trying to come up with a voice that's not my goofy voice. I want it to be um, uh, uh, Stuart. Uh, you, you do want it to be my goofy voice? 
you can set this up though if you want to, Carson, because I don't exactly know what you're you're. I don't know what you have planned, so you can set it up. So as Gideon and Haskell are walking down the street towards the market, they overhear a conversation uh, from a couple of gentlemen off to the side of the street. Hey, have you heard about that that new minerals expert in town? They know every rare gem, stone, and metal type on the continent. From what I understand, everybody's using them. What? No, I haven't heard anything about that. Yeah, I even heard they know something about portal stones. Pascal perks up. I don't know if, Orion, you want to throw the difficulty in the mix for this <laughs> plot point. That, that was basically just it, though. That was the hook. Mm-hmm. So the plot point is you hear this conversation. How do I sound right now? Great. Yeah. Never thought I'd hear you say that, Carson. Okay, so I don't know as the DM if I should ever throw the difficulty in the mix. Well, without Brett being here. Well, I think it... We could text him. He'll get back to us in an instant because it's about D&D. <laughs> so why don't we do it this way? I think Jackie should come up with the difficulty. Okay. And I'll we can we can team we can workshop it a little bit if you want to, Jackie. Yeah, because I don't so, know how this works. I don't know what you mean by difficulty. I mean I understand with the example that you use, but I don't know how that I, I would do that here. So yeah, this is our first time using plot points. So that's kind of a that's gonna be a fun time. Um so he so Carson set up that the you hear these people talking about a stone person, whatever, a gemstone Min- expert. I said a minerals expert. Yeah, because yeah, it kind of covers metals and sediment and gemstones all. I don't know. So mineral no. expert. Okay. Yeah, I had to pull up the text. So right now, hmm. Could there be some kind of organization or something that's currently sponsoring? Shell, it's a, it's a tortle. She's a tortle, and she, she goes by the moniker Shelly. Um, <laughs> artisan, but anyway, uh, is there some kind of organization or, I don't know, you know, big boss, crime boss or something that she could be currently being contracted through, so going to see her is going to be more difficult? And that's what I was kind of trying to decide was, because I don't see it being like, I mean, the difficulty doesn't have to do anything with this if you didn't want it to be. It could literally be you guys, like, are attacked also by random bandits. I mean, that could be the difficulty. It doesn't have to be about yeah. where she is. Um, you hear a buzzing. It's distant at first, and it steadily gets louder. You know, it sounds like insects, but it's more constant and quite a bit louder than you remember hearing before. And the sound continues to grow louder and louder until it's all anyone can hear. And you look to the east and there is a massive cloud of insects coming and attacking everybody in the street that they're moving past. Plague of, plague of locusts. Angry locusts. Go, Orion. <laughs> all right, I'm and out. Out steps, out steps a man whose jaw unhinges and opens up wide and he screams, Imhotep! Um, <laughs> so I might run in between one shots that are just like the, the entire one shot is designed just to kill you guys, your characters. <laughs> and it's just like a constant fight for survival from jump street. Oh my God. 
Jackie would hate that since they spend like 10 hours like building a character's backstory and everything. Um, <laughs> that's actually that's actually perfect, though, because that gives it real stakes. Yeah, that makes Honestly. the stress real. And then there's me who can. I can craft a character in five seconds flat if I needed to. Um, I genuinely wish I could do that, but I just physically can't. <laughs> like all my fight club ones are just. I pick a race, pick us up a class, and then go. Basically, yeah. um, <laughs> I don't know. I like. Well, I mean, this 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 is this has some big implications. I mean, if it's it's not a bad jumping off point for the beginning of a a future session. I mean, I mean, I know it's only mm-hmm. nine. We could do something else. We could do some. Combat in the arena or something. Um, just to, just as an aside, just as a little practice. Mm-hmm. Um, no. But I if you want, well, <laughs> oh, another plot, more <laughs> plot points. Well, one. Let's do this real quick. Yes. So you hear these people talking about Shelley, the mineral mm-hmm. expert. Yes. But you haven't actually like. Like, you haven't talked to them. You haven't figured out where you'd even be going to find this person in a city of hundreds of thousands of people. Like, the lar- one of the largest cities in the world. Yeah. So, why don't you finish playing out this scene after you hear this? Okay. I think I, think I know what the difficulty is going to be. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to decide like I don't want I don't want me as the DM to create these difficulties on the regular but I have something that I think will work but it's not going to be something I tell you guys. Um <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so, why don't you just continue on this route? And then Jackie, whatever your plot point is, if you want to throw that out there, you are perfectly fine to do that. That's actually I feel bad cuz I don't want to like Derail that, us from going going to figure this out. <laughs> well, all, all we got was a, a bit of information. We can always visit Shelly whenever it's convenient for us. If something else yeah. happens along the way, I mean. So Haskell and Gideon are walking toward the people who they just heard speaking about Shelly. I, I think both hear the words spoken, and I think Gideon probably looks at uh, yeah, Haas we to figure Yeah, look at each other. Like, yeah, like, like, and like, what do you, what, what do you want to do? Like, you know, this is, this is your bailiwick. I, I've never, never known what that, um, I think that means like specialty, like forte. It's not right. You know, this, this is your business. I'll, whatever you want to do, I'm, I'm down for. Uh, Scal nods and then heads over to the, it was just two people talking, I think you said. Yeah, that's what I said since okay. I, Bailiwick is Bailiwick is one sphere of operations or particular area of interest. Oh, I have never heard that saying before. It's it's mentioned in Archer a couple of times. Typically, if there's some word like Bailiwick I've pulled out, it's from a video game once upon a time (laughs) or some dumb comedy like Archer. I know. I was just listening to their conversation and made myself popcorn because it was like, oh, I might as well just do something while they're talking. So I have popcorn, too. Uh, and Sheena so walks in with DQ. 
that's so, so good right now. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> so what? Yeah. So you look at each other, and what do you do? Haskell walks towards the two people that were talking. One of them was just my normal speaking voice, but the other one, I I cannot remember his voice. <laughs> Well, one of them's going to be me this time, and one of them's going to be Carson. So okay, I'll do so one voice, you do the other voice. That's my normal <laughs> speaking voice. So you do the one, you do the one who was actually giving all of the exposition. Oh, that mm. just put way too much control into my hands. I don't like that. I don't like being in control. One second before we... says the DM. Hmm. How do I? Get, do I think Gideon's just looming. <laughs> over Askel's shoulder, like arms crossed, like just making himself big, standing behind Hell them. Yeah, we love that. All right. Um, so before we do this, I am going to state now that I used uh, Whispers of the Dead, and I'm choosing to also have proficiency in persuasion, just in case I need it. Oh man, okay. they brought me a cheeseburger from DQ, so I'm trying to like. Eat it in between talking. Um, <laughs> like to give you a moment before we get into this. No, it's fine. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, that's good. Um, okay. I'm also right. um, my cat away from popcorn. How do I want to approach? Yeah. So that. So what was the last thing that was said between these two, Carson? It was like it was just saying, "Oh, I heard about this mineral expert." Said everybody in town, in the city, rather, is is using them. So it's like. Yeah, every everybody's going to them. Even I heard that the King Tozug Black Arm is even gonna be like going to them to get some of their uh things, I don't know, shined? I don't know. What do you do with gemstones? I I I thought most of the time you just sell them. Don't don't you sell them? Well, I, I mean some people shine. What do you like make jewelry out of them? I don't I don't know, but whatever he's put doing, a, put them in doing. a box, show them off to people. I mean, that sounds like what something a king would do. That's for sure. Uh, doesn't it, though? Yeah, I wish I could have the money to show off precious gemstones. Oh, I wish I, wish I could have the money for a roof over my head, but here we are. And you see, <laughs> you see back behind him, there's an arrangement of boxes. And then my guy jumps, one of my, and my guy jumps and goes, oh, as they see a tiefling looming over them. <laughs> with, with, with a human, a human standing over behind, them. <laughs> yeah, standing cross-armed, just making himself as big as possible over their shoulder. Whoa, uh, hi. Hi. Can, can, can I help you? Yeah, um, who's this mineralist you're talking about? You're talking about Shelly. We yeah, we were just discussing her. Uh, she's a, a mineral expert. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know. Uh, 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 she, where can she, uh, i find the shelly well right now they're or right now i don't oh, the last i heard they were <laughs> going through the the market district with like some the jeweler the i don't think i can say that word the jewelry jeweler jewelers jewelers guild jewelers guild uh yeah trying to find like fake stones and whatnot Oh, they changed. It stopped being the Jewelers Guild forever ago. It's the accessory organization now. Come on. Well, I thought they were changing it to Rhinestone Guild, but you know, accessories. Oh, you're right. No, no, you're right. No, it's the Rhinestone Republic now. A a third person peeks, pokes their head out, and goes, "No, they're they're 
definitely just be, being called bedazzled now. That's just all they're called by, bedazzled. So I gotta say, it's pretty catchy. <laughs> bedazzled. So bedazzled. The market district. I'm not from around this area. Uh, could you point me in the right direction? Yeah. Yeah, I can point you in the right direction. Uh, it's just that way, and he points you in a direction. My character grabs his arm and turns it just like two degrees so it's more accurate. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Sorry. sorry. It's later in the day than I thought. So, uh, yeah, it's it's that way. The sun's not in the right position. That's it's, that's what's wrong. It's those crossed eyes of yours. You always get it wrong. I don't know how you can tell time when you don't even have a watch. Sidebar, uh, because my memory is awful. I apologize. I'm a goldfish. You said that they were in the guild. So does that mean that we're going to need to infiltrate a guild, or? I, I tried to word it that they were working with a guild at this moment. They're oh. with guild members, okay. but they may not be a part of the Bedazzled Guild gotcha. or the Rhinestone Republic. <laughs> bedazzled. <laughs> the Rhinestone <laughs> Republic or the Bedazzled. Oh, jeez. The Bedazzled Bureau. <laughs> Good. <laughs> The Accessory okay. Association. That's what I was trying to get out earlier, was the Accessory Association. <laughs> all uh, right. Little, little do the P- the NPCs know is that all three of those, all three of those are... Three separate... Actual, they're three separate guilds, yes. <laughs> this lore-rich world we build every time we sit down. <laughs> all right, I guess off to the Market District we go. Okay, so do you guys head to the market area? Yeah, I mean, that's where we were headed anyway. I, need, I still need some booze. Oh, yeah, that's right. So we'll go ahead I and get that taken care of first. Down there. Get the alcohol first. Okay. Um, get a bottle, no, fill up Aaron's flask, and then we split the rest of it. <laughs> perfect. Sounds perfect. How much does it cost me? Well, that depends on how good you're actually buying. I was told the finest red. The finest red. It would cost you 200 gold pieces. Goodness gracious. I'm going to spend it. It's so dumb. Why are you doing that to me? <laughs> how about uh, how about we split it? Uh, Is that a little better? That would be very nice. Okay, let's do that. Gideon, Gideon never loots anything that you guys are doing, so you guys end up with all the gold while he just kind of is, like, scraping <laughs> oh by. God, I forgot about that. That's right. Oh, shit. <laughs> Gideon, Gideon's doing all right. He's doing a lot. He's doing a lot better since you offered to split that, though. <laughs> he's doing a lot better. Okay. Gideon was going to start looking at that guy's boxes and be like, maybe I should move into this side of town. <laughs> <laughs> That guy's yeah. got the right idea. What are what red's like there? Monogram flask. My cheeseburger. Monogrammed flask for Theron. Filled with the finest. Filled with finest red wine. <laughs> In my inventory. Also, I didn't know what to put for your gift. I just put minigun in my inventory. 
Oh, that's uh, put minigun, then put trinket beside it. <laughs> oh, it's not an actual gun. I really, it was not a. I really wish oh. it was. It was made to fire, but no, it's like it's almost like, like, like a little pin, like you'd wear on like the lapel. Yeah. Like we had seriously different visions of what was going on. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was gonna say I, I. I was listening to that. I'm like. Jackie probably thinks it's an actual gun. Yeah, I thought it was an actual gun. All right, um, cool. You know, that's that's yeah. great. And you know, Pascal is still so appreciative and still loves it. Because an actual minigun in D&D 5e has uh, 45 shots, 4d10 piercing. Jesus. Um like <laughs> like like the like the gangster style miniguns, you mm. know, like the the circular yeah, barrels that good. spin as they fire. Yep. Gotcha. That's why I made sure it was trinket, not actual minigun. No. I heard minigun, <laughs> and I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> I'm really glad that I brought it up. Could you imagine next session? I'm like, Haskell's going to pull this gun out and do one shot. I am all for Haskell thinking it's a real gun. Too, Gideon, <laughs> Gideon has just both of his fists under his chin watching Haskell do that with the little gun. Oh, oh my goodness. So oh, jeez. So you you guys head through town to the market district, and you spend a little bit of time. Why don't you both make perception rolls for me? God, I don't, ca- I don't care if you do it on real dice or on the the on the Discord. It's, but. It's, a, it's a nine for Gideon. So I got a twenty-eight. Fucking hell, Pascal. Okay, exactly. You're like in the market square. For like thirty seconds flat, and Haskell has already spotted a turtle being followed by three other people, and each of them is wearing a one of them's wearing a jean jacket with like rhinestones all over it. Another one is wearing a sequined shirt that has um, the letters BB on it for. Uh, <laughs> I needed a. <laughs> <laughs> for bedazzled burrow bureau yeah, and then yeah. the, the bureau and the and then the third is where is a like eight foot tall fear bog in a looks like a evening gown oh no dude he's got he's got his fur braided like the dudes do their beards for like the holiday season with like gemstones and stuff so evening gown with the beards braided with gemstones and such and that's oh, the glorious and that's the 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 third one which was shit the accessory situation yes accessories so the gemstones <laughs> and then like has like multiple rings and everything as well and these three <laughs> are following a slow moving turtle who is like checking out uh different stalls that are selling like rare gems and stuff and you can see these three are like try like they're they're each trying to get next to the turtle and the turtle's moving so slow so it looks like there's just three flies buzzing around the turtle basically <laughs> as they wring their hands and look very nervous uh the the one in the 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 jean jacket is a hmm what do I want it to be it's a triton and then the second one is a so that's the that was the jean jacket but uh rhinestone one the bedazzled one in the sequined 
shirt is a hmm, what do I want to be? Is uh, an aerograph. They look like a a toucan, like coloring and everything. Whoa, <laughs> that's neat. Yep. So it's a toucan aerograph. Okay, and those are the three of the the gemstone people. Haskell points for Gideon. Gideon gives the thumbs up. He glances over, uh, makes eye contact, and then looks immediately back. He's transfixed. They, I mean, they just look so fabulous. <laughs> it's a bit ostentatious for Gideon's tastes, but he can't take his eyes off them just the same. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the turtle. What was the voice you had for Shelly in your mind? Um. So what I really wanted to do uh, was whenever you first enter Shelly's shop, she speaks to you in a bit of a high pitched, really clipped, actually kind of quick voice, and tries to catch people off guard. And then afterwards, slips into her actual voice, which is slower, lower, and droning on the you know, kind of typical voice of a turtle, but then yeah. it's just kind of like a mischievous little thing that, that she likes to do to subvert she's expectations. She's a funny one. She's got a few phrases phrases that she's like got memorized super quick to do mm-hmm. that. And then like the rest of the time, if she's talking like normally, it's just that slow. Ah, uh, this gemstone looks pretty cool. I shared the toucan Aarakocra in the, the chat. If you didn't see I that. St- yeah, I was looking for it. <laughs> it does look really fucking cool actually so so you spot Shelly and you start heading toward her and her entourage right now Walk up, she walks up to a like a small kiosk stand of jewelry and the person like pulls out a stone and goes oh this is my finest piece it's worth I sell it for a hundred gold pieces and Shelly goes oh so this is the piece you want me to sh- to look at okay I can do that I can do that and then, like, just stops. And you see her, like, pull out one of her little tools and start taps on it. Oh, this is definitely fake. And then just turns and slowly starts walking away. <laughs> they okay. have the, uh, the, the magnifying, the telescoping magnifying glasses, you know, as well. Like, the, the, the telescoping well, yeah, lenses. Yeah, like, the one side that flips down. And there's, but like... They're, like, opera glasses. And... And she holds them up in front of her face whenever she's doing it. That's beautiful. I love that. Yeah, the it's like a loop, but it's for it's like opera glasses. So okay, that works. <laughs> because that's what those are called. They're called loops. That's spelled L O U P E. Oh, loops. Yeah, we had to look that up during Haskell's early days as well because people looking at their portal stone was a thing. Um, oh, wow. I remember that. <laughs> I didn't even know that. <laughs> I knew it sound, sounded familiar. <laughs> yeah, remember when we Googled it for like 10 minutes during the session? Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, she she has her her opera magnifying glass and she is slowly walking toward you two now. Uh, she do, She's not looking at you guys or anything. She's just meandering her way that way and as she moves away from the stand and the merchant like has this crestfallen look on their face the fear bog and the the evening gown and the 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 uh jewels all over through his beard and everything kind of like 
snaps his fingers and points at this this kiosk and like two people out of the crowd just all of a sudden appear and move toward the kiosk and start confiscating items. <laughs> okay. Do you approach? What do you do? So you, you, yes. you say her cadre of three are following like a little bit behind uh, behind her. But they're also trying to like fight for the place next to her. Yeah, they're like, like right hand man kind they're, of. They're all vying for the opportunity to be her apprentice. Yeah. Bas- yeah, apprentice or have her work for their guild specifically. Oh, these are representatives of all three guild. Yes. Okay, okay. <laughs> the Rhinestone Republic, the Bede- Bedazzled Bure- Bureau, and the Accessories <laughs> Association. Association. <laughs> you absolute <laughs> maniac. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I have made it my I've made it my goal ever since the taco truck incident to anything completely nuts that you guys well actually ever since the the first time I made the doors into all the buildings like tavern doors or you know bar doors the swinging bar doors saloon door yeah (laughs) the saloon doors uh somebody made a joke about it being like 50 feet tall because that's how tall the building was and I shut it down and I said ever since then I'm like nope if they say something ridiculous like that, it's going to be mm-hmm. canon. So ever since then, everything's canon. Um, <laughs> okay, so we start walking towards them, but... So Gideon's going to step in between uh, Shelly and her three stalkers. And okay, he's going to but... gush. He's he's going to gush to the three <laughs> of them about how sensational he thinks all of their outfits are. Okay. And Jackie, you you're wanting to put your plot point in here, aren't you? Yes, please. If that's okay. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I made it special for Gideon, but I also <laughs> don't know if this is going to uh, make sense or if it's going to be a huge fail. So, apologies ahead of time. Hold on, I'm sending you basically what I uh, what I came up with, Orion, and I don't know. I feel like we had you reeling for a little while, Orion, but I feel like you've done a really good job turning this scene around. (laughs) I just had to adjust to the NPC and figure out exactly what I wanted to do with it. Mm -hmm. Now I got to read this, so hold on a second. Insert elevator music. Humming Impanema comes calling and when she passes each time she passes Oh my god. <laughs> What's going to be the bad part of this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I'm going is to this read okay? this verbatim. I'm going to read this verbatim. This okay. is the plot point that Jackie sent me that this okay. is now happening. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear have lord. To, have to uh, act it out. I'm excited. All right. So Gideon rushes forward and steps between Shelly and her three guild members that are admirers, whatever. Suck up, sycophants. Sycophants, that's a good one. Yeah, Um, that's a good one. And you start going gushing over their outfits when all of a sudden there's a commotion in the street. Voices are yelling and there's tension in the air. No, it wasn't me, Haskell. What do you do? Um, I'm gonna nod at Gideon, at, like questioning, and then 
head over to the crowd to see what's going on. Anyway, I just I think you all look fantastic. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm sorry, I've got to go. And Gideon takes off towards the kerfuffle. When you reach the center, there's a there's large men in uniform surrounding a young man hunched in fear. One of the men steps up to him and shoves him onto the ground. Uh, no, uh, maybe he still does, but Gideon definitely intercedes. He's, yeah, so- <laughs> he is standing over the boy protectively. Uh, he shoves him onto the ground, and then Gideon steps in between them. The guy on the ground go- leans up on his elbows, looking around, eyes darting, and he stares right at Gideon then. He goes, it was him! He points right at you. And please, please, it was his fault. He told me to do it. And the man who just pushed him down now stands chest to chest with Gideon. And you can feel his breath on your face as he stares down at you. I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know what's going on, but I know there is a better way to handle it than what's going on right here. Everybody needs to take a breath and let's talk about this. Okay, I need to pause for just a split second on this (laughs) scene. Jackie, what did this guy do? I don't... (laughs) I I need to know how to play this scene. (laughs) I wasn't aware aware that it was uh, my job to come up with that. I thought I was just supposed to start something. But I can give you... I can give you something. Let me text you something as to what I thought real quick. Okay. Because I can come up with something crappy real quick if I need to. Yeah. I figured you had a general idea of what you wanted this plot point to be about. As as this happens, the Shelly actually kind of wanders her way over as well with her three sycophants. All standing just a little bit a, a little bit taller after Gideon complimented all of their outfits. Yeah. Aw, sweet. But I don't know mm. if that's too much. I don't know if that's Hmm. I, I dream big. I'm a dreamer, all right? And I don't want to step on toes. Oh, no, we're doing it. Oh, um, gosh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're just getting... You just can't hear the gears and everything turning in my head right now to decide what to connect this to in the world, but it's going to happen, and it's happening, and... Okay. <laughs> this is going to speed up a conversation I was going to initiate with with Gideon at some point, probably for during oh, the next no. session. This is going to speed it up a lot. Um, in in a bad way or a good way? Neither. It's a bad way. Oh gosh, I'm ja- sorry. No, no, Jackie. <laughs> what what you have to understand is that <clears throat> first of all, even if one of those two definitives was going to be applicable at this very moment, we could not determine what that was going to be. Secondly, yeah. it doesn't matter anymore because this is how it's unfolding mm-hmm. that's okay. that's the beauty that's the beauty of D. <laughs> like yeah. this is D&D now what's happening <laughs> and plot points being used this is what i wanted with plot points is you guys throwing loops out there that could, not the not the eyepiece but like <laughs> <laughs> okay so i did a good job you did a good job here's a pat on the head you get you get um you get inspiration <laughs> You get inspiration. Hey, you. <gasps> um, yes. um, hello. It's like only the second time I've ever given it as a DM. So there you go. Um, <laughs> the guard 
pushes you back a step, Gideon, and puts his hand to his sword and says, you are coming with us, sir. Both of you. And he looks at the man on the ground. Uh, Haskell kind of moves forward and puts their hand up like in between the two of them. I know there's not a lot of space now, but... I was, I was, I was, like... I, go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. I was going to say, I just kind of pictured Haskell putting their hand up as if to, like, ask a question. Like, hey, uh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was thinking more like trying to push the guard back a little bit. Um, oh. And they're like, like, uh, what the hell is going yeah. on? <laughs> Do you physically try to push the guard back a little bit? I just, like, kind of create space? But I guess, like, in the process of, like, putting their hand up to, like, say, hey, maybe you shouldn't be moving up on my friend here. Maybe they, they accidentally touch the soldier. Okay, so Gideon is out. He is not in his arm- armor. He does not have uh, Dawnbreaker on his back right now. At most, <laughs> I'd probably have, like... Fuck. Like a small hammer or something that I brought like with me from the forge. <laughs> yeah, right. Like like an, a craftsman's hammer. I think if Haskell's going to try to step in between us, I think Gideon actually probably maneuvers, kind of pushes Haskell back behind him and, and, and offers his hands and says whatever we need to do to get things sorted out. I haven't mm. done anything. I don't know what is happening here. But let's just see that everybody gets their due process. Haskell like turns around to look at the guy on the on the on the ground and is like shooting daggers. Like I think you know, Gideon's got his hands up. He glances over his shoulder at Haskell and like like gives a knowing glance and like lowers his hands right as if to say like mm-hmm. deescalate. Mm-hmm. We need to deescalate. Okay, my Haskell will nod. And uh, do the same, like follow suit. Okay, so the guard pushes you back with his chest. Haskell steps partially in between you two. Get in, you like swing your arm around Haskell and move them behind you as they try to move in between you two. It's like a weird dance move. (laughs) As the guard like starts to pull his sword and then as Gideon says these words, he stops. And he looks at the three of you now and goes, all three of you are coming with us. I didn't hand over this. your hand I, over look, your weapons. You, you, you uh, <clears throat> Gideon offers his his tiny hammer. This this is all I have on me. I I th- I don't know what they were trying to do to to intervene, but this person gesturing to Haskell doesn't have anything to do with this. Just. We'll take the two of us. I, I know I've gotten wrapped up in this somehow, but take the two of us. It, it's one of us you're looking for. Yeah, so yeah, he, he takes your ball pin hammer and ball peen hammer and then the the he signals the guards around you and they they grab the guy on the ground, pick him up and cuff him, and then they grab the two of you and go to cuff the two of you. Hey, watch it. Watch the hands, buddy. Guard like shoves you. Um, uh, Gideon doesn't offer any resistance. 
he believes in the process. He believes in the system. Naive Gideon. Oh, poor Gideon. It might work out for him. It might not. So turns out there might be orchestrating a jailbreak at the beginning of the next session. This is what plot points are for, though. So this if, is it right here. If if Theron and Haskell are the dream team, what are Haskell and Gideon? How is it possible that Gideon and Haskell have gotten arrested before <laughs> Haskell and Theron? The world may never know. Well, it's the sneaky aspect of things, isn't it? Probably, yeah. <clears throat> okay. Haskell is not drawn this much attention to themselves. <laughs> I like Gideon stares daggers at the third person who's being hauled in. That's not him or Haskell. And I, I would like to roll intimidation. <laughs> Go ahead. I would do also it. like to do that as well. We're just both going <laughs> to stare daggers at this guy. Yeah, suck on that freaking 21. Oh gosh, hold on. Yeah, I want to I want to see what Haskell's is first <laughs> before I respond. Probably something awful. Ooh, 22 baby. Oh, <laughs> he just starts crying in the streets. I did it. I did it. It's not them. I did it. It's me. Oh man. So Oh, I really like yeah, no. He he starts crying and then he pisses his pants. Um Oh no. <laughs> He's like, now we gotta sit was, in a cell with this piss pants boy. It was, it was him. It was him. It was him. <laughs> He's crying and just saying that over and over and over again. And then, um, so you guys are hauled away. They they haul you for quite a while. Like, there's not a a precinct jail nearby. Uh, do they? Are they in uniform? Is there a police force in Durga? There's yeah. Okay. Uh, I actually described this on the document you do i remember that because I, I i'm trying to change up the way all my cities are described in the the document I shared with you guys so mm-hmm. durga does not have a standing army but the city guard is larger than any known single army across vindowin so the city guard is just this huge massive force spread through the city because it's such a large city so they are wearing the the armor of the the city guard if if it's not delving too deeply into lore. What's the um, what's the government? I, I, I had imagined Durga in my mind as this like loose affiliation of guilds who are who have just banded together for the sake of security. Like it would be a lot harder for any organized faction to come against them if they all were just here in the same area. <clears throat> I didn't have in mind that like a central government for Durga, so I'm curious as to who's organizing a city watch of our militia of this. Yeah, well, Durga is actually ruled by King Tozug Blackarm, who's an orc. Mm. So the way I have this area of Vindowin set up, it's the Gilgar Savannah. There's three cities in it. There's Balsor, Luzden. No, 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 no. And Durga. You said Balsor. Yes, I did. Um, <laughs> oh, dear Lord. <laughs> it's B-A-L-L-S-E-R. But that was a random uh, generated name, and I kept it. Um, <laughs> oh, it's delightful. And I'm sure it's meant to be pronounced Balsor and not no. Balsor. <laughs> no, it's Balsor. It's, it's Balsor, 100%. <laughs> I'd just go ahead and spell it S-O-R-E at the end. Yeah, well. I mean, just go well. ahead. No, it's spelled E-R, but... 
you know, just respect my world building. Um, <laughs> so it's it's like citizens of Balser call it Balser. Everybody else calls it Balsor. <laughs> yeah, everybody else calls it Balsor. The citizens of it call it like Balsier. Um, Outstanding. Um, so the three cities of the chosen are each have their own roller. And while they're all known as the cities of the chosen, their main their main drive is they think the way to be the like the best is to be the strongest and the greatest. And the way to keep their city strong is by constantly battling each other. So constant wars between the three of them are just basically a testing ground for the cities. Durga is the largest. And then like each one has a king or queen. But they kind of are advised by like a council of elders that kind of help advise them and everything. And then overall, the cities aren't like rolled, rolled by these people. Like it's more of a they're they're not a figurehead. They still have power, but it's not like like the guilds control their areas. Everything's kind of open and kind of wild for the most part. The city guard are mostly there just to make sure people don't like go completely nuts, not for any actual. I don't know how to put it. It's not policing, it's just, let's not let things get out of handing. Yeah. Like, they're not going to stop a fight in the middle of the street unless, like, random side people start getting accidentally involved or somebody's hurt that's not involved in the fight. They're going to let the fight roll go out. Like, if a gladiator walks down the street and challenges somebody to a duel right in the street, the the, the city guard will circle off the area, keep people from getting hurt, but they not, they're not going to stop it. They're not going right. to care if you they kill might each even, other on the street. They might even in the circle start pounding the halves of their spears on the ground, chanting, fight, yep. fight, fight, fight. Yeah, right. and so like for them to actually get involved in arresting someone, it has to be either they actually had to have caught somebody doing something like stealing something, and they aren't a official guild member, because official guild members can kind of get away with that a little bit more. Or like something big happened for them to really step forward and to pursue somebody. So I, mean, I just went right for the bait, just exactly like you expected me to, didn't I, Jackie? Just just gobbled it up. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, Jackie's text said, Haskell nods at Gideon, pushes through the crowd to see what's going on. Gideon following behind. And you literally just fell right behind. <laughs> <laughs> Very happy. I didn't didn't forget to tell the gentleman that their their outfits looked outstanding though. It was very important to Gideon. I was gonna have him roll performance. It wasn't deception because he wasn't lying. He actually admired all of their outfits, but the amount of sincerity that crept into his voice was going to be up to uh up to the dice, but Okay, we're on our way to jail. Yay. You are on your way to jail. They take you to jail. They take you. It's a long trek. They actually haul you quite a while. It away. is going to be insufferable if Theron comes to break us out and I'm in a jail cell. It is going to. Oh, my God. Oh, he's he's going to be insufferable for months. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see Brett's? Did you see Brett's text? Oh, my God. Does Theron get to break them out of jail next session? That's a real bucket list item. <laughs> Oh my god, no, I have not seen. I think it's He's, I think it's about too good though, isn't it? It's just about too good not to do. So they haul you to a jail cell. They head northeast through the city for quite a while, and you actually get really close to the very massive pyramid that is the king's uh palace, basically. Owner all investigation. They, okay. On what exactly? Just the giant pyramid. 
I, I want to learn as much about it as I can at a glance. I guess it's not investigation. <laughs> it's like perception, but it's not perception. Yeah, it's more I would like to that. roll perception as well, just to, to see where everything is. Okay, go ahead. On. It's a 12 from Gideon. I got an 18. Okay. Gideon, you see this giant pyramid, and it looks like a pyramid. <clears throat> like, tell me, I think the first things Gideon would be looking out for is how many people are outside of it, like, patrolling it and uh how vigilant like how vigilantly defended does it look to be it actually looks very well defended there's it's it's not a pyramid as much as a ziggurat so it's got multiple levels going up I to see, like I one see. point Evocative. Um, thanks uh um i'm actually going to share an image but i'm going to i had to zoom in for cass's sessions um the reason this pyramid is so well defended is because of Cass at this point. Um, anyways. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's- okay. So you see on every level, you see like a guard post with a dozen guards spread out along it, along each side of the pyramid from where you are with your 12. Um, so it does look very well defended. Um, Haskell, with your 18, you spot a little mm-hmm. bit extra. You spot the guards along the walls and everything, and then you spot pseudo dragons perched on the corners of this building and as you like trace your eyes trace the outline of this this ziggurat and see the the troops and the pseudo dragons you look a little bit higher and a little bit higher and then when you reach toward the top you also see two large bronze dragons sitting or copper dragons sitting at the very top looking out over the city and in between them is a man in shining golden armor and they just seem to be just looking over the city, basically, at the very top of this ziggurat. Look, do you want to set this? The, I mean, my goodness, the plot hook of you whispering to Gideon, dragons, like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, if they're like, I'm, I'm imagining them like pretty much just next to each other. Yeah, yeah, we're shuffling. Yeah, our, our okay. hand, hands bound behind our backs, right? Yeah, they're kind of shuffling you like in a row. So Haskell's like right behind you, and then the the guys behind Haskell at this point, and they're mm. keeping you kind of in a line, but like real close to each other. So you'd be able to kind of lean forward and whisper in his ear. <laughs> I, I don't think uh, they would whisper, but I think they would kind of like click their tongue to get Gideon's attention, and when he turns his head, they'll. Uh, you know, nod their head in the direction of the dragons. Just Gideon see the dragons. Yeah, with Haskell's little pointer, you you look a little more intently toward the top of the tower, the ziggurat, and you see the sun flash on the guy's armor, and he is standing between two dragons. And then all I think of a sudden, Gideon they're out of- stumbles for half a step, right? Like eyes wide, like staring at his feet for several steps before he kind of regains his composure. And then then they're out of view as you are taken down steps into a building and locked into jail cells just ri- right out of reach of these dragons. Are we uh, each in a separate sh- cell? Oh my gosh, I couldn't say that. Uh, yeah, are, are we together or am I in a cell with pee pants? Because we're about to have a conversation. <laughs> uh I'm going to say they're small cells, one bunk. They put you and Haskell next to each other, and P-Pants is across the way. Is Ooh, P-Pants yeah. look exactly like Doug from Scrubs? Because that's what he looks like in my brain. <laughs> you said Doug, and I immediately thought Doug funny. Um, he looks like I'm Doug okay funny. I'm okay with that, too. 
Okay. <laughs> Jackie, like, do you I know look, who that is? Like, no. It's an old Nick <laughs> cartoon, and I'm so old. Uh, oh, wait. Yep. I said Doug from Scrubs, as in the one who eventually becomes uh, the mortician or because I said pee pants, I said I had in my brain Doug from Scrubs, who is named pee pants by Dr. Cox at some point in time. And then as soon as he said Doug, I just pictured Doug funny as the guy. So he's like. Okay, so I didn't for some for some reason I didn't catch you saying that. So when you were like, you know who that is, right? I was like, no, I've never watched Scrubs, <laughs> but I do know Doug. Okay, and Patty Mayonnaise and all that. Um, yeah. anyways, um, anyways, what was it again? Accessory. What was the accessory? The accessory it's the accessory association. The bedazzled bureau. I know the other two because I helped come up with those two. It's the, the one that Carson came Republic. up with. I don't remember the third one. It's the rhinestone. The Republic. Republic. <laughs> <laughs> Which aren't rhinestones fake gemstones? Yes. Yes, they yes, are. Uh, <laughs> so the rhinestone Republic's always, like, always the first man out, but they're just so desperate. To prove that I, their worth amongst the uh, the accessorizing <laughs> guilds, I'm I'm adding them to the organizations and groups of the the dots of Amen, so you guys can oh, see. absolute <laughs> madness. I love it. Uh, I think we've done a really good job <laughs> tonight. We did some I, great I, world building and I, plot twists. <laughs> I think I think it's been entertaining. I think it's encouraging that it was like. 70 to 80 percent just the two of us um <laughs> i enjoyed yeah, it a I, lot <laughs> yeah i bet you did sitting back over there just listening <laughs> writing the description of each of the uh the leaders of those guilds now were those the leaders following her around yeah. it wasn't yep. like they're like they're like right hand man or like they're they're number three or whatever that's so sad Although I'm there's super a, excited that one of them's headed up by a fear bulk. <laughs> who wears evening dresses and has gemstones in their beards. Beard. I don't know why I did plural. All right. So you guys got put in jail. You're across from Doug Funny Pee Pants. They, they lock you in here and then they just kind of leave you. They don't like question you or anything. They just lock you in here. Uh, Rude. I have right. We all, we, we all get settled. In the cell, Gideon and Haskell look at each other and just kind of sigh. And then Gideon turns and faces Doug <laughs> and says, What did you do? And the scene fades to black. Perfect. Yep, I like it. I'm so All sorry right. that the plot point got us arrested. Oh, it's perfect, Jackie. It did exactly <laughs> what it was supposed to do. It's sensational. I just like that you both used plot points and like Carson's was like, oh, I'm going to get this thing that's very useful per for our party. And then Jackie's like, I'm going to throw a wrench in the works of my plot point, which I am 100% for. I'm going to ruin everything. <laughs> Look, we each get one of these every session. Let's start every messing session. with Ryan as often as possible. Across from Doug Funny. The intro and outro music for Adventuring Dimwits and Hyperactive Dragons is done by Parker Hyde, another player of ours. 
And I'm Orion, the DM. Catch you next time.